Warning, the following podcast may contain topics or issues that are sensitive and may be upsetting to some people. If anyone is disturbed or distressed by the topics covered, feel free to end the podcast at any time. Please note, peer educators are not therapists. These podcasts are not to be considered to be professional opinion. Today we'll be talking about anxiety, and I will be joined by uh, a couple guests, but our special guest, her name is Elizabeth Montgomery. She is a doctoral intern at CAPS, and she is a veteran, so let's get this bad boy rolling. All right, so welcome everyone. Um, Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hi guys, my name's DJ. I've been a peer educator for four years and on my free time, I like to stream on Twitch. What's your Twitch name? Gamer Kanojo. So it's twitch.tv slash Gamer Kanojo, Gamer Kanojo on Instagram, Gamer Kanojo on all gaming platforms. Add me, let's game. Okay, that's uh, all the plugs, all the social media. All the plugs, yeah. Not the Twitter, by the way, but that's fine. <laughs> Epic Game Launcher, everything. Xbox, just add me. <laughs> Yo, she's getting free promotion. Hey, my name is Ramsey. I'm a peer educator. You've seen me on these already. Um, you know, fun fact about myself, I aspire to be like Zarathustra. <laughs> if you read Nietzsche, if anyone's oh, has any idea what you're talking no, about. No, I know, I know. <laughs> Nobody. Okay. All right. Hi, I'm Christina. I'm a peer educator. I've also been on a couple of these, so I don't know if I have any more fun facts, but no, I don't. Um, no fun facts. Sorry. Oh, you had me at the edge of my seat there. I was yeah. excited. Yeah. If I think of one, I'll just like blurt it out randomly throughout the episode. So stay tuned. Hey guys, I am Dory. I am also a peer educator and I have been um, here for a long time. And a fun thought about me, I love hula hooping. To me, that's my top awesome thing to do. It's super fun in, in different rhythms and playing with it. I don't know. I love it. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Liz. I am a doctoral intern at CAPS. I, this is my internship year. So um, with internship, um, we have a special project. And so I am a veteran. And so what I would like to do is to do something like this, uh, but with a veteran kind of student issue. So it'll be called Vet to Vet podcast. So that will be coming soon. And this is my first time here. And a fun fact about me, I love karaoke. I love karaoke. That's so awesome. <laughs> Yo, karaoke night, guys. <laughs> Definitely. And Liz, in, in Liz is on. <laughs> So, so Liz, actually, right before we get into the topic of hand, can you tell me a little bit more about the podcast that you want to do? So um, what's been happening is that I've noticed that, well, when we're on campus, that the veteran student, um, um, the veteran student office is right next door to CAPS. And then I noticed that it wasn't being utilized often. And so what I want to do is just kind of bridge the gap, give uh, information about resources that are available 
um, at both caps. And I think also within that building, I don't think that there's a lot of information and just try to kind of build the gap, um, give information, also get information provided, kind of be that the, the bridge um, okay. or the connector, you know, whatever you want to uh, do. But it's more so kind of a conversation piece and making sure that I get key people that are connected to the veteran student uh, population um, and just kind of have a conversa conversation and discussion um, as well as um, talk about kind of uh, the issues that veteran students are kind of struggling with as it arises about this, the quarantine and all of that, but just in general with being um, a veteran student. So do you think um, anxiety, talking about anxiety is just as important um, with veteran students as um, uh, the students who aren't uh, veterans? Yeah, I uh, think- way, By the way? Huh? I saw that segue, by the way. I think that's a, I think that's a pretty good segue. That was like, that was a reach, but we gonna, we gonna catch it and, you know, use it. That's all. Somebody finally called him out. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I'm like, what's happening here? But I got it. I can catch it. <laughs> so, um, yes, I, I do think that um, anxiety is something that veterans will definitely struggle with they talk about it. i think anxiety stems from a lot of things a lot of trauma i think also about anxiety can stem from not really expressing how one feels and so if you keep all that balled up and you don't talk about it or talk about it with anyone it's sitting there and so i think anxiety is just can be that's just kind of the form that um, anxiety also with, um, I think, culture as well, depending on different mm -hmm. cultures, anxiety, having somatic symptoms and anxiety kind of go hand in hand, um, definitely within kind of the Latino, Black um, community. I think that anxiety is something was, but it's used in different terms and probably different cultures. I know in the Black mm -hmm. community, people say, my nerves are bad, but really that's anxiety. So it's it's actually interesting that you you said that that really is anxiety. So I personally I've always wanted to ask the question because I feel like I've experienced um, something that I can't really put a, a finger to, and I don't really know if it's anxiety or not. So um, I guess how do you how does one tell if they're what is anxiety, right? So what was that what does that feel like for someone? Mm -hmm. um, there's a number of symptoms. Sometimes people can feel keyed up, um, meaning like just feeling like they're going to explode, just tight, tense. Just, you know, someone when someone is in a, a space and they're just like really uptight, they, they don't loosen up, um, it can feel that way. Um, sometimes people can feel that in social settings. Um, some people are so anxious that they're, they're crying um, and it may be uncontrollable. There can be heart palpitations. Um, I think what's, I think you did bring up a point that is important to have language, but it's also important to, for the person to be able to um, describe what's happening for them in their own way. Um, and I think me being kind of um, in the mental health field, like, yes, I have the language, I have the terminology, but someone coming in, I have to listen to what they're saying. So if someone is saying that they feel um, disoriented in some way and they don't know what's happening what's going on so I, I'll start to name certain things like is is there shortness of breath do you feel like tightness in the chest does your stomach hurt 
because sometimes that can be it can be a stomach ache. Um, are you having headaches? Is it are you struggling with falling asleep or staying asleep? Uh, do you have like racing thoughts where you just cannot shut it off? Um, and and then I think it's also important to normalize anxiety because we all have it. Um, and then I think some people just suffer more than others, um, but we, we do all have it. And so it's really kind of learning how to cope with it and get to kind of what's happening underneath all that. Like, what are you anxious about? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what's more, more so important. That's kind of what we, I will work on with a client um, in therapy. Okay. So the reason I ask is because sometimes I don't necessarily know if, um, when I'm experiencing anxiety, like for example, let's say it's a, it's a party situation and I don't really know anyone there. And I don't feel this, like, it's, it's, it's almost like I get suddenly get depressed. It's not that mm-hmm. I feel like anxious, like, cause see, I can't even come up with a word for it. You know, mm-hmm. it's more so a feeling of, um, I don't feel like I, I feel like I shouldn't go, but I want to go at the same time. So it's like, there's a little internal. So I don't really know. It's like a panic, right? Well, no, it's more like a sad thing. It's not, it, it's not like a panic, which is why sometimes I'm like, is that, am I anxious about this or is something mm-hmm. else going on? Well, I guess you got to ask yourself yeah. what, what is coming up if you're sad. If you're sad about it, is there this, is there a fear attached to it? Um, to go into a party, is there fear? Um, fear of rejection, fear of all, like it, Bringing up, when you go to like social gatherings, that can bring up a lot of things. Sometimes there are people get sad because they don't feel comfortable going to mm-hmm. uh, a party, which is, which I think is also normalizing a lot of, of these um, symptoms or a lot of things that happen, or things that we feel that's like human. Like sometimes you do get norm, uh, uh, nervous um, going to a party and it can bring up um, feelings of sadness. Um, but I think it's exploring yourself and kind of figuring out what that is. Cause I think it is, everything is personalized, even though we want to generalize it to mm-hmm. something. And that's what I'm asked to do by giving a diagnosis. Um, that's not how people work. We're all different. And so um, it's really kind of individualizing like what's happening and exploring kind of the self. Um, That's really interesting what you're saying um, because what about tests, for example? And Mm -hmm. in in, in summer classes, you know, all our summer classes are shorter, right? So Mm -hmm. what about when we feel this test coming up, right? And when do I know I'm just nervous about the test or when I am anxious about the test when do i know this is just too much or this is normal i can deal with it i can handle this or Mm -hmm. when is it i do need help right now you know that's that's another thing that's on the person so you you are your own expert so let's say for instance if you are feeling nervous about the test but you still go to the test you still take the test, you study for the exam, then that, that is not affecting your functioning. So that's, that's when it becomes, it becomes problematic when it affects your functioning. So say for instance, you're feeling nervous about the test, you don't go to the test, you don't talk to the professor about it, now you're failing the class. And so 
um, that's the piece where it starts to affect the functioning. And so when it gets to that point, you can, you can get help at any point. Um, because if you're feeling nervous and you may want some, um, you want, want some tools or techniques of how to um, kind of cope with anxiety or feeling nervous, or you can go to a workshop. If you need more, um, more kind of uh, treatment or um, coping strategies where it's more severe, then that's when you can think about uh, individual treatment or group therapy or anything like that or management um, in some sort of way. But it really is up to the individual to determine what's their level of kind of the time where they want to get care and services. Because at the end of the day, if, if you come into my office and you're talking about um, feeling nervous at an exam or a test, the, per the purpose is taking baby steps to, to feel that. It's okay to feel those negative emotions and still take your exam and still study and still do all those things. So it's going to be a challenge, but um, I think people get a misconception that uh, therapy or treatment is about eliminating uh, bad feelings. It's no. About living with them, right? <laughs> Learning to live with them, right? It is about living with them and navigating them and coping with them. Um, yeah. Therapy is growing and this growing pains, that saying did not come from anything. Mm. Like that's yeah. literally what it is. It can be a, a painful process and I think that's why people avoid therapy. It's hard. And what right. about um, this misconception about, oh, anxiety is stress. Um, it's, it, they are just the same thing. Is, is it true? Or it is just anxiety a big more than that? Or it is just a stress badly managed? Um, I, I think I live in this, I live in a world where everything is on this spectrum. That's kind of how I see everything. And I think a lot of times it is easy to say it's either this or that. Um, and I don't think that if someone is stressed, it may not necessarily, anxiety may not be a symptom of that. Um, if someone has anxiety and stress, the stress may not be a culprit of that anxiety. It can be something else. Or the stress could be a symptom of the anxiety. It really, the thing, the fact of the matter is, is that um, I think oftentimes people are looking for this one solution or this one way. That is not, yeah, that's not how it goes. It's really about being on the spectrum. And, um, but I think so many people want answers, but we are complex. People are complex. And I think that that's, it's hard it's for humanity. people to, yeah, to, it's hard to sit in that. Like we are literally complex. You cannot put people in a box. People want to, but that's where I think a lot of the struggles come from is when people are trying to fit into this box that someone has created for them and it doesn't fit. So what about this about mental illness? Is anxiety a mental illness? Well, basically a diagnosis about something. So if we're going to think about kind of anxiety being a mental illness, Yes, it can be. It can be labeled as a mental illness because that's something that's in the DSM that we use. 
Um, but it also can be just something if we're going to use it as a term of being anxious or, or having anxiety, it also can just be something that is normalized. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it depends on the suffering of the person. There's a difference. Like I can feel anxious at times if I'm doing a speech or if I'm taking a, a big exam. But if it is affecting the way that I'm fun that I function and that my quality of life, then that's when it becomes something bigger. And sometimes that the diagnosis of either generalized anxiety or social anxiety or panic disorder, then it becomes that because now it's affecting the way that I'm able to function. And, and that's what's always important. People can come in with a lot of distress for therapy. Once it is affecting their way of functioning, then that's a, that means that there's this person is suffering at a higher level than maybe everyone else around them because we're, we're all inherently suffering about something. Let's just keep it, keep it real about that. Um, and I think it's just maybe at a higher level. And so that is when um, I think that the diagnosis, the diagnosis becomes like, okay, this is generalized anxiety. But besides um, just feeling anxious, you know? And what about weakness? Are we weak just because we are we have um, anxiety regularly. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that. That people. Um, I really can't wait till we get to a time where people can acknowledge other per, other people's uh, struggles, and that is and voicing that is not seen as as weak. Um, I think it's very vulnerable to talk about what one is struggling with. Um, I also think it's very powerful and not weak is to ask for help. Um, and I think that that's really empowering and that more people should do that when they are struggling. And the people who uh, think that struggle is weak, I'm like, look in the mirror because at the end of the day, I think we all have something that we could work in, we can work on. So I wanted to mention this um, really quickly before we like, digress. Um, I love how you mentioned earlier that anxiety is something that we should normalize, um, you know, normalize, mm -hmm. because if you think about it um, earlier, like when we started the podcast, you mentioned that therapy is really about learning how to cope with your feelings. Mm -hmm. And probably, you know, if you consider somebody who is excited all the time, that excitement can take a toll on the way that their like normal functioning is just mm -hmm. like anxiety would just like being sad or happy would because it's something that like everybody experiences mm -hmm. um i don't really remember the point that i was gonna make <laughs> as we digressed but um <laughs> if i do i'll get back to it i did want to mention though we talked about how like stress and anxiety are sometimes confused for one another and I did want to ask how you in a clinical aspect differentiate the two because I know that stress is both a good thing and a bad thing and sometimes you know stress is what motivates you to study for that test go to that test um yeah I think going back to that I'm just like why that's how I'm feeling but um <laughs> 
I think that it's the terminology that people are using today. I think there is a lot of insight now and a lot of jargon, psycho jargon that is now a, a part of kind of popular um, communication. Mm-hmm. And so if someone comes to me and tells me that they're stressed, what I'm going to ask them is what is happening? What's going on? Yeah. Um, because it is the individual and what whatever is happening in their world that could potentially be stressing them out and mm-hmm. causing anxiety symptoms. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's always important to focus on kind of symptoms regardless of kind of diagnosis because I think when we start to get into diagnosing of like anxiety and saying like anxiety that becomes like a diagnosis instead of kind of having anxiety symptoms or feeling Mm -hmm. anxious I 100% Um, agree and and I think that if we pull away from we have to pull away from the labels Mm-hmm. That's it, and I know that it's mentally is safe. Mentally, people love to have a label. It makes things oh, that makes sense. If someone says I'm feeling anxious, we can know what that means. But really, we don't. Exactly. If we don't ask that person, like, what's happening? What's going yeah. on? It goes back what's to that. Happening? It goes back to that need that we have to like really put everything in a box, right? And yeah, yeah, that be part of a collective. You know, right. if I'm in this like group known as those who experience anxiety then i feel safe in that collective mm-hmm. so i wanted to i wanted to ask um you know i'm gonna get into a little bit of mumbo jumbo i would say uh these guys know what i'm talking about uh <laughs> but and i'm going down the rabbit hole because i've seen some yeah. of these podcasts okay all right let me oh, oh, she knows she, she knows she knows okay that's why i'm like let me prepare i can i can get okay. pulled down so oh, i'm trying all right. to i like i like this let me hold right. on. I'll okay hold on. <laughs> so 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 there's this um philosopher i bring him up bring him up sometimes uh jean paul sartre he's a existentialist um you know a lot of good books being in nothingness all that sort of stuff he was a veteran of the french resistance And he wrote uh, regarding anxiety that it is the fear of freedom, the fear of the responsibility that we have with regards to our actions. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to get your perspective on that definition and also on like what anxiety is from a veteran's perspective and from the military's perspective in general. Like Mm -hmm. what does it look like or is it even like recognized at all? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um... So I guess I'm going to, I'll start out with the, I'll start out here mm-hmm. about the fear of freedom. That's how I can um, yeah. um, kind of make it be like it's out in the clouds. So the fear of freedom. I think that that is something very true. Um, the fear of freedom, because a lot of times people want to take away their choice in, in a lot of the things that they do. Um, someone else did it. I mean, if with myself thinking about my history of growing up in the church, like the devil did everything. Mm. And it's like, no, you made choices. It to, takes away from an individual responsibility. It, it takes away from that responsibility. And so when, when I think that that's a huge thing 
definitely in kind of um, society. I think a lot of that is in kind of um, different cultures where it is this, it's this fear of having choice and taking ownership and onus of the self. Um, and if we do that, then we're responsible of, from, for a lot of things responsible of how our lives have turned out. Mm -hmm. There is a, only a small window where we are um, dependent on another person yeah. to take care of us. And so once that window is gone, now that's, that's all on you. And so I think that's hard to sit with. As far as like anxiety and the military and what that can look like, it literally can look like everything. Um, and, but I think because uh, with veterans and the training, you're being taught not to show um, a lot of, yeah, instead of negative, negative emotions in the military, I would say are sadness and probably anxiety. Yeah. So, the, like, because the idea, at least of the training, I would think is to strip away one's like individuality so they can be, I would say, like the perfect soldier or try to yeah. reach what that is, whatever that is. Yeah, whatever, whatever that is, what it looks like is someone that's angry um, and anger is the go to emotion. And so anger is acceptable um, in the military. Um, sadness is not. But I think that that's often what people want to express. Um, and I think a lot of times when the anxiety comes, when, uh, when the anxiety starts to kind of, the symptoms begin to set in, I, I think that that can stem from not expressing sad emotions. Um, I think um, soldiers have, I shouldn't say soldiers, veterans, I'm just mm -hmm. a soldier, but veterans, <laughs> have experienced a lot and i think from my experience people who come into the military um have already experienced probably their own childhood trauma mm -hmm. and so then they come into the military um kind of looking for this camaraderie and then this brother sisterhood and realizing that they're about to get another compounding trauma um on top of that and then then they may potentially go to war. So then that's another trauma on top of that. And so, and no one's expressing that. Um, wow, and it's, Lisa, it's, that's so deep. Let's, let's back up a little bit because that's, a, that's something that many people think. Oh, you have anxiety. So you might have had a traumatic childhood. You might have experienced traumatic things in your life. That's why you have anxiety. Is that true? No, and I, no, and I want to pull away from kind of the diagnosing mm -hmm. or saying that because someone has experienced something, then this is what it is. Yeah, um, every so. Yeah, I don't want to mm -hmm. continue down that path because that's that's not how I think. That's also not how I want people to see what what it would be like to even be in therapy mm -hmm. or what that getting help like that that doesn't necessarily mean um you're going to get labeled something because you had this mm -hmm. experience then 
you are this. Um, it is, it's not, even if someone is a has a diagnosis, that's not the person. And so I think that's the, the framework that I like to think from and that I like to um, share about experiences of, of people. And I, and I think that goes back to what you were saying earlier about people being complex. I mean, if we mm -hmm. were just, if we were simple, things would be different, right? But um, <laughs> I, I think that there, I think there's a lot of weight in saying that um, individuals aren't a diagnosis, um, right. essentially, because I think really people powerful. deal with these things, but they aren't those things. Mm -hmm. And I think um, there is a there there definitely is an urgency for a push to for mental health to be something that is normalized. Period. Um, and to 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 seek out um, to seek out any type of mental health, um, anyone could do that. Literally, everyone should do that, um, including mental health professionals. Um, it's definitely something that um, I, myself, my peers, my supervisors openly talk about. Um, it's not. It's not something that is weak or something that should be frowned upon. Like we all have struggles, including mental health professionals. We're human um, as well. So um, I think I think I'm hope, hoping that we can shift from that dated way of thinking. So I, I actually that conversation kind of made me think about something. So I guess a question that I wanted to ask, and this would be back in regards to the military, um, but do you feel like it's almost like a negative thing for lack of a better word that those feelings aren't talked about in the military? Do you think that it should be in your opinion, I guess, do you think those feelings of anxiety of sadness should be a topic of conversation rather than something that shouldn't be? Uh -huh. I know when I was in the military, it was mandatory that I went, I went to certain checkups. And so why can't mental health be a part of those checkups as well? If it's, a, if it's mandatory for the unit. Um, and so it's just really thinking about what's, what the importance of that is. But I think also um, it's a lot of work. If we're thinking about trauma, trauma is a lot of work. So it makes sense for that system to not want to make that a priority. Um, and I think, but it's also letting people know that that's what that system is like. Um, and when you come out of that system is knowing how to build yourself back up because it is not inherently built into that, into the system, the military system. It's just, it's just not. So you have to begin to find yourself and build yourself up. And that is where it becomes hard because this is, these are systems that are breaking people down and put it and only wanting to use these certain parts. So yes, I can be strong. I can have all of these different things. Like, I mean, I have techniques where I can literally carry a 200 plus pound man on my back. Mm -hmm. I can do that. But what good is that <laughs> if I'm struggling yeah. with some type of depression or depressive symptoms or anxiety, that's not helpful for me. I can run six miles, I can do all those things. 
but then back when you're in the civilian life then you find yourself in so much trouble with post-traumatic stress or Mm -hmm. anxiety or whatnot Mm -hmm. and then you can't function in regular society and then seen as like an outcast right i can do this but i cannot do this i can do that but i cannot do this right i'm just curious um I know we've been talking about how feeling anxiety is subjective to the individual because everybody's mm-hmm. experience of anxiety is going to be different, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but for our audience, and kind of just so we can get a little bit of an understanding, what are some, I guess, physical um, side effects or symptoms? Symptoms, yeah, thank you. <laughs> what are some symptoms? Manifestation anxiety and also what are some things that we can do to i guess cope with what we're feeling Mm -hmm. um whether it be like sports or like painting or just breathing exercises if there's anything Mm -hmm. you can like suggest well symptoms of anxiety are very similar to what i spoke about earlier so um sometimes people can feel keyed up um there can be racing thoughts uh, struggle kind of going to sleep, falling asleep, um, this sense of restlessness. Um, sometimes there can be um, this sense of kind of isolation when you're feeling kind of social anxiety. Um, with uh, panic, there can be heart palpitations, feeling loss of breath, um, um, just really feeling out of control of your own own body. And that can be really scary. Sometimes people go into the emergency room when they're having a panic attack um, because they think that they're, this fear that they're going to die or that they can't breathe. Um, and then they get there and they're like, okay, you had a panic attack. And so um, when we start to get to that point where we're having sy- symptoms, I would say sometimes running helps, exercising helps. Um, some people enjoy art, artistic stuff. So, um, if you want to paint, if you play video games, play video games. If being by the water, (laughs) right, being by the water, swimming, it is really about kind of the person and what, what calms their anxiety. Sometimes eating ice, eating something that you enjoy eating can calm you down. Um, but it's really just getting through that to cope a lot of times people wanted to end like to never have anxiety symptoms at ever again and that's that's just not gonna happen so i want that i want people to understand that it's coping with anxiety not getting rid of it yep i think we want I have a question now on that since you you've Uh talked this entire time about symptoms and how you would rather your patients come in and talk about what they're feeling rather than coming in and saying like oh I think I have anxiety or trying to put themselves in a box Mm -hmm. so would you say kind of like for us as we're like peer educators we're trying to educate people on that that we should be endorsing more of like a reflective kind of way to go about like seeing what you're feeling instead of saying like because I know like anxiety is used as like a common term and everyone is just like self-diagnosing. Yeah. So should we have like this shift now to instead of diagnosing up front to kind of be more reflective and see what um, 
see what our symptoms are instead of trying to place ourselves in that box that you were talking about earlier? Well, I think it's up to the person. If someone wants to die, if someone goes to a professional and they get a diagnosis, yes. But if you are not a professional, no, do not diagnose yourself. And I think because I also, I did the outreach on anxiety, it was not about box, kind of putting people in a box. It was literally about experiences, which is what I wanted the work, the um, outreach to, to be. Um, having conversations and putting things in like, what are you, what do you get anxious about? And it was things like having an exam, going to a concert. And I think that that begins to normalize anxiety and letting people know that we all struggle with something and, and it's okay. And it's okay if you cannot continue that and you want to get help. And so I, I think I want to make that a thing where it's not, it's not about that. It's about having a conversation. Because anxiety, if you someone says, that, like I said, you have anxiety, I have anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, what does that mean to that person? And that's, what, that's what's important to me. Yeah. So um, I think, I think that we think there's a, there's a common theme where it's about, um, I, I, it's really about accepting that these things happen, right? Um, like just, just kind of to wrap up here now, I guess it's, it's kind of a th- common thing that we have that it's about, it's not about getting rid of anxiety, right? You, you, not, it's about more so learning to, to live and learning to cope with it and understanding that just because you have these feelings, it doesn't make you not, uh, doesn't, doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Right. right. Um, I think to a certain extent, a lot of us feel the same things just to maybe different levels mm-hmm. um, and then different things make us feel different ways. Right. Um, but I think when it comes to, to those, I, th- I think the, the core of that is, is really the same for everyone. It's just the, the levels of to how we can feel something, right? Something like that. Yeah. I think I, I got my point out. Right. It can feel lonely. And that's where it becomes uh, the problem where you, you think you're suffering alone and in silence. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and then I guess with that, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap this bad boy up does anyone have any final thoughts concerns feelings on anxiety anything like that any last notes that you would like to no all right cool (laughs) so perfect so with that um we are done thank you all for joining us thank you elizabeth thank you ramsey dory dj and christina well before we go uh so liz can you tell me um when does your podcast release or do you have a release date yet or um i'm wanting to do it the week of of memorial day but we'll see what happens because that's very soon right (laughs) right okay so uh liz there's a tagline at the end of uh, all of our episodes i always tell everyone uh to remember that you're not alone so you don't have to do it with us but you can if you want to so all right so and and remember you're not alone. not alone. Okay, not alone. <laughs> That's fine. You, 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 we, 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 we always butcher it. We always mess it up. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to PeerCast. This podcast is brought to you by Florida International University's Counseling and Psychological Services Department, as well as the Victim Empowerment Program. These episodes are recorded via Zoom, and the video version is on our Instagram page. Please follow us at FIU underscore VEP. You can also check out our online self-help resources for more information at caps.fiu.edu. Is it supposed to be together? Yes. Yeah. Oh. But you got, look, you gotta do the three, two, one. Yeah. Absolutely. But he doesn't do it. He That's never does it. That's the perfect ending. All right. So we're good. With that, <laughs> with that, we're good. Um. We went over the time limit just by a little bit, not that crazy, but um, no, man, thanks. Thanks for you, for everyone who came.